Kendi, Rockstars. Prepare for a treat, let's meet and greet some bands and singers that are super sweet Making music that's fun for boys and girls, help them learn about this great big world Fun for the family, yes it's true, your kids will love it and you will too Clap and dance and sing aloud, become a part of the kindy crowd These songs will make you move your feet and give your ears a great big treat So settle in, grab your guitars, and let's get to know our kindy rock stars Hello everyone and welcome to Kindy Rockstars. This is the show that gives you the stories behind the songs from some of the best bands and singers that are making fun, informative, educational, catchy, and occasionally silly songs for children and families. I'm your host, Patrick Adams, and each episode of Kindy Rockstars will feature an artist and a featured song. So let's get to this week's show. My guest today is Esther Crow. Welcome to the show, Esther. Hello, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your music, your puppets. Cool. How long do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's see. I have been making music now, recording music for, gee, let's see. I guess I really started recording music around 2009, with my band called the electric mess which i like to call my adult band but then somebody got confused when i used that um expression lately so um my, my band for adults let's say um but it's a rock and roll band that i put together with my husband and we have five albums and um it's a lot of fun we've toured europe we've toured a little bit of the united states but europe three times um and um, we started as a cover band, but then started writing our own material. So yeah, we have five albums. The last one we put out last year. And when I had, when my husband and I had my son, our son Vincent in 2013, um, I, simultaneous to the Electric Mess, that's my, I don't know if I said the name of the band, that's the band that my husband and I have together. Um, which is basically just basic rock and roll, garage rock, psychedelic. Um, so in 2013, uh, right after the birth of our son, Vincent, um, I, I also had a, another, a new wave project. I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> I always want to do it all, but of course, you know, there's not enough time. I know a lot of people are like that. Um, so I had Vincent and started listening to a lot of kids music that was already out there. And um, that was sort of my introduction to um, a lot of the great artists, you know, who are already making music like Dog on Fleas and um, Dan Zanes, Joni Leeds, um, Shine in the Moonbeams, all of that. Um, and started realizing, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should try writing some songs for kids. And I know also I'm not alone in that. I think a, a lot of um, kindy artists, um, you know, we're, we're making music for more of an adult audience. And then when, you know, a lot of people, other people like me had kids of their own, that's what inspired them. So 
my story is not unique, perhaps, but that's what I started to do. And I, because I had been playing music in the New York City music scene for already quite a while, about a decade uh, or a little bit more than that, I knew a lot of musicians here. So I was able to pull together a band that I named Thunder and Sunshine. And I was very determined to make sure that we had enough female representation. So um, I wanted us to be a band that had three uh, female vocalists that would share leads and harmonize and all of that. So the band I put together, Thunder and Sunshine, had three women and three men, very balanced. And um, I wrote the songs and for a full album. And we had a few really fun, exciting shows. Um, our debut gig was at Joe's Pub, which is a, a great club down um, on Lafayette Street here in lower Manhattan. And uh, played, you know, Hippo Playground, uh, Union Square. It was just, it was a lot of fun. But it's a six-person band and that's huge. So um, interrupt me whenever you want because I can just, I can go on all day. So <laughs> If I'm saying too much about any one thing, please don't be shy. Oh, no, uh, fine. I'm just trying to take you down the path. So that was in 2017 when we released our debut album. And then we subsequently had, um, you know, a year or two or three of some fun shows around New York City. Simultaneously to that, I was starting to do some solo stuff Um just because it was easier. And I had, you know, a local bookstore here, Bank Street Bookstore, that I used to take my son to all the time for their story hour. So I asked them if I could be a guest story hour person and read books and do my music. So that was a regular thing. That was almost like, um, <laughs> I really could be here all day because that was like my stand-up comedy days. I mean, I have a whole world before I even really got serious about but I, I have a, a acting and comedy background. So doing the bookstore gigs and also doing, you know, sometimes I would just do park shows on my own, which I still do. It's almost like a, a stand-up um, open mic, if you will, because you can test material that way. So it was great. It was, you know, a nice little exercise for me. And then I started writing songs and I picked up, picked up the guitar and started getting serious about guitar playing um, maybe about five, six years ago. And then I started writing songs on, on the guitar um, instead of just going into my iPhone and hitting the voice memos and going, la, da, 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 I was actually working out some chords. And then I started writing songs that would eventually go on my debut solo album, which I released in June. Um, so that's sort of the, the trajectory. Um, but COVID also, you know, of course, you can't talk about things these days without mentioning COVID. <laughs> um, that was another thing that really led me to um, recording an album last year, because I had almost enough songs. Um, I just needed to write a couple of more. Um, and, you know, to sort of flesh out a full album. And so I decided, you know, and this is just going to be easier right now because getting a six person band together, especially for any in-person gigs, which weren't happening anyway, was impossible. So I started doing more virtual stuff and, uh, 
you know, more stuff outdoors in the park and then finishing that album. Very good. Yeah. I think a lot of people I've talked to really pulled things together during the time of lockdown, you know, it's a, me personally, that that's when I did almost my entire album, uh, just because of the time that you had to, to pull it all together. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about the um, the puppets. I couldn't help but notice as, as I was, um, you know, looking into your stuff, um, how prevalent they were. So they they're part of your show, and and how do you how do you integrate them? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, how I started using them for my solo act, if you will, um, was almost accidental. Uh, the puppets, I had um, the artist that I was working with at the time of the Thunder and Sunshine album and shows that we did, um, Jeff Lewanzik. He made a bunch of really great slides for a show that we did at Joe's Pub and, and other props. And the puppets were just one of, you know, they were a set of props amongst a lot of other props. Um, but I, I, think I, I think I had the idea to do the puppets for a specific song called Who Who Who, which is on Thunder and Sunshine's album, um, which is about an owl and a bunch of other animals. <laughs> and um, so I, I had asked Jeff to make, I said, what, you know, what could be easiest? And I think he, he, he thought of the paper bag idea and said that he could make, there's seven animals in the song, so seven puppets for um, one of the other singers, Sonny Beam and I to, um, to sort of pick up a puppet during that puppet's verse and do the sound, hoo hoo, moo moo moo, there's a cow, there's a bunch of animals. And um, so there were seven of them. And when I started doing my little bookstore gigs and park gigs on my own, in the early days of that, I started giving some of them personalities <laughs> and it was a lot of fun for me because, you know, as a, as a character actor, I have that in my background. I love doing different accents and personalities. So I, it was my way to sort of infuse some comedy and acting <laughs> um, by using these puppets. And so five of the seven really got fleshed out. And what's funny is my, son Vincent gives me guilt trips sometimes. He's always like, what about the horse and the mouse? Why don't you ever use them? <laughs> I said, well, I can't, I can't use all of them. Five is enough. And five just felt like a good number. And I don't know, you've probably seen my promo photo where I have the five around me. Five is just a good number. It's a manageable number. Mm -hmm. But then he's, he gets on me sometimes because I use Bernie the Bee and Moonies the Cow and Oliver Owl more than I use Debbie the Duck and Frederica Fraud, you know, so I'm trying to be equitable, but it's hard. <laughs> so if I know somebody that has a, uh, you know, a kid, yeah, four, five, six, seven, I always ask this, do you have him be part of the songs that you create? Vincent, um, you, you know, I did. He was on the album, not only vocally in... Uh, well, in, in um, It's So Easy Being Green, he's the other vocalist. It's a call and response song. Um, but he does lend some vocals here and there, just sound effects like a waddle duck. I think he, he does some quacking sounds. He's also a very good musician himself. So he did a little bit of percussion, not drums so much. Now I can't even remember the name of the instrument. But Dean Jones, the producer, 
has such a wonderful studio with all sorts of different, unique, wonderful instruments from around the world. And he was so great. He just, you know, because Vincent was with us, <laughs> he knew that he had to be distracted. So he would often like give him an instrument to play with, you know, like keyboard and put on the headphones so he wouldn't disturb us. But at other times he, he incorporated him um, and he played, it wasn't a xylophone, but it was one of those type of percussive instruments um, that has a melody also. And so he played something on Waddle Duck and some other things. So yeah, he, he was definitely a part of, of the recording. So was my husband. And, and also the very nice thing is that um, the three of us started playing together during the shutdown because we're just here in the apartment and there's a lot of instruments and we couldn't get together with any outside musicians. So we were kind of stuck together. But in a way, when we weren't tearing each other apart, <laughs> um, you know, how that can go. Uh, we would make music and it would, and we would have fun together. And Vincent ended up picking up, he's a violinist. Um, he's, he's practicing violin or taking violin lessons formally at his school. But um, if, if you know anything about string instruments, you know, like my husband had years of violin and was able to easily pick up the guitar and sort of teach himself. So Vincent, we have all these, instruments because of my husband like a banjo mandolin he was picking up all of these different instruments and mandolin he got quite good at so now as a threesome we often play um like they supported me on a couple of shows this summer where dan my husband who primarily plays guitar played bass i played guitar and then vincent played mandolin and then on one song he plays percussion he's a very good percussionist too so he loves drums so yeah, it was, you know, it was really good for, you know, I, not that I want to go back and <laughs> to last year, it was very hard, but some good things came out of it, you know? That's true. Very true. Um, so, and the song we're going to talk about today, Bees, Beavers, and Bats, I'm just curious about um, the theme of your children's music. It, do you focus on like animals or what's your preferred topics? You know, I will say, um, so a lot of these, a lot of the songs on my album, I'm going to say about half. Um, so there's nine songs in total. Um, some songs, you know, like Waddle Duck, um, Johnny the Cat, I had been doing for quite a while. And I don't even really think, as I said before, I wasn't um, even really focused that much on recording or like making an album until I realized, well, we have some time here on our hands and I do have almost enough songs for an album. Um, so I had a number of these playful songs about animals. And I thought, you know, I'd like to have some educational songs about animals for a little bit, maybe of an older age, age group. I wanted, I wanted a, a, an album, and I know some people say not to do this. Some people say you should have an album that's really just for this age group, two to five, you know, or zero to five or, you know, and then like four to eight. Um, but I kind of went against that and thought, you know, why don't I have something that's sort of for the whole family? I even put some inside jokes there with my puppet interstitials <laughs> for the adults. <laughs> so the puppets are a part of the album too, I'm sure you know. And um, for Bees, Beavers and Bats, yes, that was one of the last songs that I wrote um, because I had these playful animal songs and then I thought, 
what's important to me, the planet and what's happening right now with climate change and how can I sort of write a couple of songs that have a little bit more of a, you know, educational um, and socially conscious um, theme to them. So that's where uh, It's So Easy Being Green comes in, Bees, Beavers and Bats, um, my song about the ocean. And I think there's one more that I'm not remembering. Oh, I have a, well, I have a social justice song that two puppets sing. So with everything that was going on, um, those are those are the those are those four are the last songs that I wrote to complete the album. So um, so that was interesting because I definitely took it in a more uh, socially and environmentally conscious direction. And I did some for bees, beavers, and bats. I did some well for all of them. I had to do some research. <laughs> And so it was fun to find out that those animals are, I knew about bees. I knew that bees were very important for pollination, um, but I did not know how important, you know, beavers and bats were. I didn't know that bats pollinated all these things like agave and guava and crazy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I learned a few things from your song as well. Uh, <laughs> Good. Like you, I was very familiar. Okay. I know what, I know how bees help. I know what beavers do. What do bats contribute? So. <laughs> yeah. And the fun video that Elena Fox animated is just perfect. So. All right. Well, let's play the song. Here is Bees, Beavers, and Bats by Esther Crow. Cool. Cool. Starring, um, also featuring Lucy Kalantari. Beavers and bats all help the environment. These beavers and bats working hard to do their part. Bees pollination across every nation and suburbs and cities contribute to biodiversity. Wowee! Planting a bee-friendly garden with flowers and plants that attract bees around them is something that you can do. It's true. Bees, beavers, and bats improving plant life and air quality. Beaver ponds store carbon, helping to slow down the rising temps, warming the globe. Don't you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. Beaver dams encourage tiny invertebrates, perfect for feeding the froggies and fishies both. Whoa, 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 whoa. These beavers and bats, important creatures with many features. Bats disperse the seeds of a lot of different trees and help new forests grow. Whoa, whoa. Bats do a service by eating up insects that harm agriculture and crops give them props. Go Bats! Oh, 
Broccoli, cranberries, apples, and melons depend on the pollen that's transferred from our very helpful bees. Wowee! These pollinators are most vital players, and not just in gardens, but also in forests and woodlands. The trees like the bees. That's beavers and bees. Beavers make wetlands in improved conditions for many a creature to not only thrive, but survive. It's true. This is one friend to the ecosystem that we should protect, give utmost respect. Hey, beaver, high five. That's beavers and bees. Mangoes, bananas, agave, and guavas depend on the pollen that's transferred from our very helpful bats. Imagine that. They're not to be feared, but to be revered. These earth-friendly nocturnal friends do all that they can. Yeah, yeah. That's beavers and bees. All help the environment. That's beavers and bees. Helping plant life, the air, the trees, the earth, and you and me. That was Bees, Beavers, and Bats by Esther Crow, and I hope everybody learned something out there. So Esther, tell everybody where they can stream or download that song and where they can find you on social media. Cool. Thank you. Um, I would love it if you wanted to go directly to my website. Um, and if you do, then you can also get the track, um, It's So Easy Being Green. <laughs> It's, uh, and of course, all my other music is on there for both myself and Thunder and Sunshine. It's estercrow.com. So E-S-T-H-E-R-C-R-O-W.com. And then I would love it if you wanted to follow me on Spotify. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have already four wonderful videos that are out for this album and I have more coming. Um, <laughs> and where else? Apple Music, wherever you stream, um, I'm probably forgetting something. But you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on all of it. So, <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate this. And great to meet you. Take care.